Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to the We Podcast, where we speak, we grow, we rise. I'm your host, Sarah Menares. I'm passionate about creating community and providing a space for speaking authentic truth, growing together, and rising above challenges and into the full power of all we were created to be. This week on the WE Podcast, I get to chat with Emily Cassidy. Emily is a mountain girl born and raised in beautiful Colorado. With dreams of the big city, she studied communications in Fort Collins, where she met her handsome hubby, Andy. After 10 years of marriage, seven moves, four states, they finally settled back in the fair plains of northern Colorado. Her and her hubby reside with their two puggles, a beast of a cat, and their sweet baby boy. With a background of photography, graphic design, blogging, marketing, and a huge love for fashion, she has found her dream in starting Blush, a cute boutique in northern Colorado. During our conversation, Emily shares with us her story of being adopted, growing up, and struggling with self-image and identity. She shares her heart for community and belonging, and we get to know a little of the backstory of how Blush Boutique got its start. So grab a cup of coffee or tea and settle in for this beautiful interview. Here we go. Here is my interview with Emily. Welcome, Emily Cassidy. Thank you so, so much for being here. I'm very excited to have you as my guest on the WE podcast. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So a little bit to start us out, I always like to talk about how we kind of know each other. And we recently met because we both are now contributing authors to the Northern Colorado Moms blog. Yes which is super exciting. I'm so excited for it. So excited. Yes. And that goes live August 22nd. Is that right? Yes. I think. Yes. Yes. (laughs) One of those days. (laughs) (laughs) Someday. Yes. Yeah. So it's been amazing. I got to meet you in person. I knew of you, I think before that, because of your beautiful boutique in Greeley. So we'll hear more about that. But yeah, this uh, awesome adventure with the blog, I think, got us more connected for sure. Yes. So you want to start off by just kind of telling us a little bit about you? All the sure. deeds. We want the well, deeds. <laughs> um, you know, it's so funny. Every time someone asks me about this, I'm like, you know, I really should have a more like set biography that I can just spit out because I feel like it's different every time. Um, but yes. Okay. So born and raised in Colorado, um, mountain girl at heart, met my sweet husband at school in Fort Collins and, um, we got married right out of college, moved around the country for a couple of years and then came back. He's from Greeley. So I tell people I'm married into Greeley. Um, but I love it. Greeley is home. It is, um, just a fantastic community unlike any other. Um, and so once we settled down, this was kind of just where I knew like we would raise a family and where we would probably grow old together. I kind of told him no more moving unless Mm. it was, you know, um, international. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I do have that. I love, I love international living. Um, lived mm-hmm. in Ireland for a bit in college, loved that. Um, so I always thought that would be fun, but now we have a little boy who just turned two and he is so amazing. Um, and I do, I own, um, blush in downtown Greeley, which is my other child. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I also, um, have background in, blogging and marketing and graphic design and photography. So <laughs> I I wanted something that I could kind of do all of the above in one just creative outlet and um, kind of just is where blush blossomed. And I mean, I don't want to give too much away. I mean, if we're going to 
dive into that. But <laughs> yeah. that's okay. <laughs> yes, yes. We want to know the whole story for sure. Yeah. But yeah, so Greeley, Greeley is home. And mm-hmm. I love it here too. I feel like people talk a lot of smack about Greeley, unfortunately. But which Sad. is crazy because I feel like most of them haven't even been in Greeley. That that is very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I love it here too. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So you have been here. I also want to live internationally someday. It's hard when you have little ones. Yes. Mm -hmm. We just went to Grand Cayman and every (laughs) time we go somewhere, we're looking at real estate and how much it would be to live there and what, what would the schools be like? I think it's so cool. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We, we always said that we would retire in Ireland. So here's to hoping someday. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It'll yeah. happen. I, I, it's on my, it's on my goal list. So it has to happen. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's true. <laughs> it's set in stone now. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, as you know, we kind of talked beforehand. The premise (laughs) of the podcast is to help people, well, really to provide a space for people to speak their truth and tell (laughs) their stories. But also, I think that as women, we need to hear other women's stories because so often we think we're alone in things we've gone through or things we think or things maybe we struggle with um, because we tend to keep a lot of things private. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's hard to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Well, what I love about you is when I approached you and asked you if you would be on here, I said, you know, I kind of want you to be vulnerable and you're like, Oh yeah, no problem. (laughs) You know, like this year alone has taught me like it is okay to live an open door life. I mean, obviously in terms of like my child and our privacy in that aspect, but in regards to me, it's kind of like, I wouldn't be where I am if I hadn't had other women be authentic to So I think it's just, you know, the whole pay it forward um, principle. It's if I can do that for someone else, you know, Mm. there's, I think there's this um, fear of competition. And I think when you close yourself off, that's when you breed competition. But when you um, open up and, and invite community in, it builds community it doesn't it doesn't stack it against one another yeah I love that Mm -hmm. for sure it's that abundance Mm -hmm. mindset rather than yeah closing off and and being protective I totally agree I love that if you can do it for somebody else I think that's powerful yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. because it's true it is a legacy of women probably before us who found the courage to speak up and say what was really going on with them or be vulnerable that encourages us to then carry that on. I love them. Mm-hmm. So you grew up, we'll just dive right in. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up in a little mountain town called Evergreen, really picturesque. Um, I think a town of maybe like we're unincorporated. So there's maybe 20,000, 25, but that spans from like, gosh, I mean, several towns. There's a bunch of unincorporated, um, but really close knit community. Very, very pretty. I miss it. Yeah. Does your family still live there? My parents do. Yeah. My brother's in Florida now, but my parents, they, uh, they they still have a home there. Yeah. Okay. Nice. How many siblings do you have? So I have one, but this this is part of my story too. I'm actually adopted, and my parents adopted um, an, a boy too. So he's my older brother. His name is John, 
And then about uh, two and a half years later, they got a call um, and it was like, hey, we have a little girl for you. Do you want her? <laughs> and my parents were like, well, yeah. So they had a week to prepare, um, wow. which is kind of a cool story. And so then I came along. So John, John is my brother, but we're, we're adopted siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So awesome. I do have an older brother and now he lives in Florida. Yeah. Okay. Hi, I did not know that about you. Yeah. Oh, I love talking about it. So any, do you? You have, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. I. So, how? What? What's the age difference? Um, between my brother and I. Mm-hmm. Two and a half years. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's like so, the older you get, it's like the harder it is to remember how old you're supposed to. It's so true. <laughs> Or is he 35? I think he'll be 35 in October. Okay. Yeah. So tell me more about it. Is Was it an open adoption or was it through like foster to adopt or what was the? It was very, um, in the 1980s, you know, I, I don't know when the laws changed, but most adoptions were very closed and we were through a Christian agency um, that specialized in two children adoptions because they really wanted um, adopted kids to have other adopted siblings, mm-hmm. which is, I think, very smart. Um, but through that process, it is a very closed, or it was closed. I, I think the laws have changed since then. Um, but basically, records were sealed. My parents didn't even get any kind of information other than what the agency gave about background and health and little blurbs and, um, you know, little bios that were written, but I was in foster care for about four to six weeks, I think. And that I've later learned was they were trying to find my father to have him sign over parental rights, um, which he did. And so in that time I was in foster care and then they gave the call to my parents that said that, um, a little girl had become available and, and I guess they were next on the list and um and I yeah they met at the adoption agency to pick me up and so they never had any contact with my birth family um it was all through the agency hmm. wow that's a, that's amazing yeah yeah okay so how did that work for you like growing up where it was just a, a thing that you guys talked about pretty openly or yeah, my parents were very open about it. And I think, you know, from day one, at least with me, and I, I think this is how they approached it with my brother too, was, well, I don't remember a time where I didn't realize I was adopted, but they they really prefaced it with, you know, you were so loved by your birth mom that she could not take care of you and recognize that. And so we were able to bring you into our family. So the, the language around it was very loving, supportive, you know, it was never one of, you know, you weren't wanted or you were abandoned or, you know, mm-hmm. um, it was, it was just an all encompassing of like, we chose to have you because your birth mom loved you so much. She let us bring you into our family. Um, and I actually grew up with a lot of friends that were adopted too. actually my best friend growing up. Um, was adopted from Korea. And so we, we just had like this little community of, of adopted friends. And, and, um, so it was kind of just normal. It was very normal to us. And in fact, I think I remembered in maybe kindergarten or first grade realizing that not everyone was adopted Mm. (laughs) and Mm -hmm. going, Oh, that's interesting. Like (laughs) I thought everyone was adopted, but, um, but it never, it never was weird or different. Um, you know, and, and it was a part of my identity, but still, still a good part. Like it was a foundational part, I would say until I hit probably my teenage years. And that, that for me is when it became tough. And, and the reason why I think is because, you know, when you're a teenage girl, you just want to fit in so badly. You want to feel like you belong. And I just didn't, I felt very different from my family. Um, was the only blonde, didn't look like my parents. And I felt like my brother did look more like my parents. Um, but I looked very different, had different interests. 
um, my parents or my dad and my brother were very sports like minded. They loved to play very active and um, I loved to dance and I loved um, performing and singing and um, shopping, <laughs> which plays into, into later. <laughs> my life. Yeah. Um, was more into to things like that then and and so we kind of butted heads a few times because I think they just didn't understand like what do you mean you don't want to play basketball <laughs> mm-hmm. but like I wasn't good at it I wasn't coordinated like that and and so um that is I think when it kind of hit me of like well maybe I don't belong maybe maybe this was a mistake maybe you know they fit really well together as a family but I don't mm-hmm. um and but again my looking back, my parents did do a very good job. My mom, especially really nurtured me during that time of, you know, it is good to be different. And, and it doesn't matter if you like different things, like we'll learn to appreciate them too. And, and once we kind of hit like a, a pattern of understanding, they really got me into like performing arts. They invested a lot of time with me dancing and singing and really tried to foster the things that I really loved and mm-hmm. I think we kind of started to understand each other better it it became I don't know what the word is I'm looking for like I I settled more into my identity and that rather than feeling like I didn't belong mm-hmm. yeah so I think a huge piece of that is being able so it sounds like you were able to speak up and say this this isn't who I am Mm -hmm. the sports and I I feel you on that we would have belonged together if we were would have known each other then (laughs) 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 and you know I think it's interesting because I think I was able to speak up but it was through a lot of confusion and a lot of tears and a lot of like why don't you love me through this because I'm still trying to figure out who I am in this period and having parent you know parents not quite understand that just yet and so you know I wish we could have sat down at the table you know over dinner one night and been like let's hash this out mm-hmm. but there were a few years of really um for me a lot of self-doubt a lot of sadness a lot of um, you know, inner dialogue <laughs> mm-hmm. and finally coming to terms of like, this is not who I am and, and help me figure that out. Through that, I also went through a lot of self-image issues again, because, you know, when you turn 13 and your body changes, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like, well, that's fun. You know, (laughs) (laughs) the inside of me already feels weird. And now the outside is changing and, um, Mm. can't put two and two together to make me feel like, you know, (laughs) normal. Um, so it was just, and I think, you know, most teenage girls will probably hear this and go, yeah, me too. Like went through that. Um, and again, I don't think we talk about it enough. Those awful teenage years. (laughs) No, it's so we, true. We kind of want to put them behind us, but I think they're so key to who we turn out to be as well. Very true. I think as as parents and just as people, I mean, we wish we could skip over those years. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> they're very turbulent for yeah, a lot of people. I believe it. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I I feel you on that for sure. But I, I do agree with you that most of us as women have gone through this in one way or another, where we have the self-doubt, we have the sadness, the self-image, um, gosh, feeling like we don't belong. I, mm. I, I feel like this is a pretty universal message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the problem is, is we don't talk about it. Instead, oh. so many women just try to then conform and, mm-hmm. and don't speak up and yeah. say, this doesn't fit for me. This isn't who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think some of us get so bogged down and feeling like we don't belong. We don't even want to seek out where we do belong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of times, at least I know for me, I made myself belong. 
<laughs> but I had to stick it out. You know, I really had to, to just be like, you know, screw it. Like, this is who I am. And if you don't like it, you can either get on board or leave. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. And I think once I really did figure that out about myself, I think my whole life changed. That's a huge shift. Yeah. Yeah. I think so shifting really from living a life that you think everybody else wants for you, which is miserable, really. Yeah. yeah. To being able to step into yourself. Absolutely. So how do you feel like, do you feel like the adoption piece kind of made parts of this different for you than other people who maybe aren't adopted? I think to some extent, you know, there's definitely the argument nature versus nurture. Um, You know, to some extent, you know, the nature part, you are programmed a lot like your parents and you share some of the same likes and dislikes and, um, you know, attributes, especially physical. And so to some part, I, I was missing some of that. And that for me, I think was the hardest part was, you know, first looking in the mirror and going, I don't look like these people. And now I really don't feel like them because we don't share any of the same likes. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's not to, you know, disqualify someone's feelings that is feeling that way and they're not adopted. I mean, you own your own feelings and that a hundred percent is your truth. So Mm -hmm. for me, I think a lot did stem from, from adoption. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think it's helpful for for people who have been adopted to hear you talk about this too, because mm-hmm. I think it's another thing that definitely isn't talked about enough. Because, and and I I can just speak from uh, seeing clients who have been adopted. I I know that there's kind of this theme of wanting to know what, what their birth parents were like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say exactly what you're, what, what you're talking about more. So do I fit? Do I not fit? And kind of like an internal conflict because Mm -hmm. like wanting to know what their birth parents are like, but then feeling like if they, if they wanted to know that, that they're forsaking the parents who adopted them. And so this like mm-hmm. conflict because I don't want to speak up and say that I'm, I'm dealing with this because I don't want them to think that I, I don't love them or I'm right. Not, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. That is hard. And that is something I dealt with too. Like trying to explain to my parents, like, I love you and you guys are my parents, but like you have to understand a little bit of where I'm coming from. And they really were, they were so supportive and, and loving. And, you know, we look back in those years and, think we're all thankful we survived them (laughs) um but I think you know we couldn't have gone gotten through it at all if they hadn't been so understanding and and loving and and knowing yeah this this must be hard you know Mm -hmm. search out your identity and figure out who you are without having those roots to look back on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is so funny now because my husband, you know, in the teasing manner, always is like, man, you're like your mom. <laughs> and I'll say, thank you. I really don't take that as a compliment. I love my mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now it's, I'm glad when, when people compare us together, because I would, you know, love to be compared to her. That's beautiful. So you made it through the teen years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what was that barely <laughs> barely <laughs> yes <laughs> and then what what was next for you you know college um college really became I think where I really truly found myself and I don't know if it was because you know for the first time I'm not living at home but I really got to decide for myself okay what are you going to choose in this life what are you going to turn out to be and, and who is that person? And 
um, again, made some mistakes along the way, but through that, my mom says that's when I found my voice. Um, mm. and I mean, that's a huge compliment, but I think it was the first time that, you know, I decided my faith was my own, um, mm. really mm. made the commitment to, to follow the Lord. And then it was also the time I chose some of my dearest friends, um, picked a mate, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. huge things. Yeah. Huge things. And, you know, life changing things where it was like this, these are impactful on, on the days to come and, and what I want my future and life to look like. And that was so important, especially when choosing a spouse, you know, you yeah. someone who's going to stick by you through thick and thin. And luckily I have one of the most amazing men I've ever met in my life. Um, but then, you know, deciding what I was going to study and, and who I wanted to be. And, and it's funny because I'm not doing what I decided I wanted to do, but at the same <laughs> time, God knew what I was going to do. And so he put the tools in my toolbox, I think, for the journey that was coming because, yeah. you know, we, we got married right out of college and let's see, we graduated and then two weeks later got married and then two weeks later moved to California. So we kind of just started life right away and it was mostly him. It was, you know, following him for his job and, and I was kind of just along for the ride, but it's been a fun ride. Yeah. (laughs) And your major was in what again? It was communications with a minor in history. And the reason I chose it like that was I was either going to do family and couple counseling or be a history teacher. (laughs) <laughs> nice. <So, laughs> neither one of those happened. <laughs> that is awesome. That is okay. <laughs> yeah, that is totally okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're doing amazing things. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So California, and, and what does he do? So my husband is in construction management. So he runs large-scale construction projects on the mechanical side, which is as as dumbed down as I could get him to say it for me. (laughs) (laughs) What do you do? (laughs) Basically he is super smart and, and you know, construction. (laughs) Yeah. I totally get it. My husband is a mechanic and he tells me all the time about all this stuff they're doing. And I'm like, I have no clue what you're talking about, but I will smile and nod. And (laughs) Uh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, Amazing. (laughs) I don't know about your husband, but I know Andy's job has a lot of abbreviations that go with it. And I'm like, you're you're speaking in code. Like I don't even know what those words are. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. They're you know like I don't know. They're just letters. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm not very like mechanical savvy either. Um, Either. No. No. (laughs) <laughs> that's right it's good they, they have yeah. different strengths than we exactly. do which is amazing and you balance each other out I think that's the beauty <laughs> of it yeah totally oh, yeah. yes awesome so we lived in California for um just a couple of months because we moved out there in 2008 and then the market crashed hmm. and so California California I think out of all the 50 states got hit the hardest and um, and we actually moved back to Colorado and, and then Andy found his job with who he works for now. And then, um, a year after that, or maybe a year after we moved to the East coast for his job again. And I just followed along. <laughs> nice. And how long were you on the East coast? So we were in West Virginia for a year and a half and then in DC for a year and a half. Nice. A lot of fun. Yeah. Two very different places, two very different lives. (laughs) I mean, we lived in a house in West Virginia with a backyard and then, you know, moved into the city in a very tiny apartment for the other part of it. And so much fun. Yeah. um, And then, you know, that time came to a close and and I said, I want to go home. It's time to go home. (laughs) moving home then so back in West Virginia when we had moved out there 
one of the things I always wanted to do was to be a photographer. I decided not to go to school for it because there's a lot of reasons. One being you get judged based on someone else's definition of art. Hmm. And for me, I just wanted to take people's pictures. It wasn't like, I'm, I'm not here to like have a gallery or anything like that. So, but I just loved the art form of photography. I loved, I loved what you could do with it, what you can express. Um, I loved the, the quality time that you get to spend with people when you do it. So when we moved out to West Virginia, I set a goal for myself to meet a photographer and, and intern with her. And so I did that and met an amazing photographer who basically took me under her wing and nurtured me and showed me um, basically the ins and outs of a camera and, and how to take good pictures. And, and so continue to do that. And then it turned into um, when we moved to Washington, still held on to that, still um, took pictures. And then because of now my Photoshop experience and photography, I got a job with a small startup to run their social media. And that's when I learned um, social media, blogging, and marketing. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh gosh, Sarah, I forgot your question. That's so funny. Oh, that's okay. Keep going. I just so, love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, where, where does this tie up? So when we moved home, um, we actually moved home for my job. We, we came out um, on Memorial Day weekend. It was kind of a funny story. Andy had come home from work, I think, early that Friday. And because his whole office was going out of town and we were in D.C. And he came home early and I looked at him and I said, I am so homesick. I don't want to be here for very much longer this weekend. I was like, we need something to do. And we both kind of had the same idea. We were like, well, let's go home you know, we've got three days, you know, we've got Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, like, let's just fly home. Let's just go. Like, we just desperately needed it. And so we probably spent the most money we've ever spent on plane tickets, but we did it. And we surprised our families, which was so much fun. Um, But that Saturday night, or maybe it was Sunday night, I can't remember which night, but we had gone over to some of our best friends here in Greeley. And we sat on their couch and I just poured out my heart and I cried. I think I cried for like an hour about how much I wanted to be home and and I was tired of living on the East Coast. And he um, waited for me to stop crying (laughs) and he offered me a job. And I was kind of like, oh, that's really funny. Like, haha. Yes, I would take it in a heartbeat. And he kind of was like, no, Emily, like I've. I'm a part of this new company. I get to hire the people I want. I need someone to help run the HR department here. Will you, will you come work for me? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't, wow. I don't even think I looked at Andy. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When do you need me tomorrow? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> yeah. So we went, we, on the, on the flight home, I filled out all my new hire paperwork and Andy went into his office on Tuesday and told him, Hey, like this happened. I would love to transfer back, but if not, if there's not a place, I'm still going to go. Um, and they loved him enough that they definitely took him back here in Colorado, which was a huge blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we moved back and I started working in the HR department, um, for an oil and gas company and I loved it. I loved it until I didn't, which was so funny in that aspect. And this is kind of like part of my God story, I think too. Um, I worked there for about a year and a half and within a week, I think I had decided to leave the job. And looking back now, this is when I'm like, this is where God, I think, really starts to move in our lives when we think that we are in control Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) and he has something so much better for us. Um, Because in, in a matter of a week, which is so funny, I went from loving a job that I never thought I'd leave to thinking that there was no other option but to leave. And I can't even tell you what happened that week. I don't think it was even anything big. I just think, again, like God just moved my heart to get me out of my comfort zone. And um, and so I turned into my notice and um, transferred into another job in Fort Collins that was not for me. And I hated it and ended up leaving after about probably five months. Um, but all throughout that time, still doing my blogging, still doing photography, um, 
doing some graphic design here and there on the side for some clients. Um, and through this, my dad, a couple months earlier, had asked me, hey, like, we were on a road trip to see my cousin get married, and, and just out of nowhere, I don't even remember what we were doing, but he kind of just was like, hey, Emily, do you still want to own a boutique or a shop? And I mean, we hadn't talked about this dream of mine probably in about 15 years. Mm. So it was really weird to to have him just all of a sudden like, hey, are you still thinking about this? And I was like, I, I kind of was like, well, yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to do that. It's always been in the back of my mind. I've never not wanted to, you know, I've never stopped thinking it was just a dream. And he, um, he said, well, if you decide to do it, you know, your mother and I support you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I mean, it was like, what? <laughs> and so that, that kind of just happened. And I think I probably just thought about it over the weekend and then went back to real life until, until I was find, found myself in a position where I didn't love what I was doing and um, didn't really know what was next. And I think I kind of sat in this period of, all right, like what, what, what do I really want and what can I do and how is this going to happen? And do I really believe in myself enough to take this step? Um, and I thought the answer was yes. And so I went for it and had a massive, probably three months of just panic of anxiety mm. and feeling like I was way in over my head and it just didn't feel like it was going to happen and had even found a space and, and I had to write them an email that was really hard and say like, I, I thought I could do this and I can't. Thanks for understanding. Um, I'm not ready which was really hard that felt like a dream was closing and, and I felt like I had failed. And I think the important thing for me to look back on and, and realize now is that was okay. And that was what was needed at that time. Because I think for the first time I realized like it's okay to dream and it's okay to take a step back. Not every dream has to be continuously forward. Mm -hmm. So you really have to take a step back because <laughs> I found out within two months after that, that I was pregnant. Oh, wow. And yeah. That was, that was crazy because we didn't think we could have children. I have some medical issues. And so finding that out was just like, it rocked our world in such a cool way. But two, I was like, oh my gosh, can you imagine trying to like start a new business and be pregnant? And like that, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think I would probably be divorced now. <laughs> you know? And so again, I think that's how God works is he's just like, I want you to taste what could possibly be. And then I'm going to give you this other gift and it's going to be even more amazing than you mm -hmm. ever thought, which is what, you know, our little one turned out to be. Yeah. And so, just so thankful for him. So rode the awesome pregnancy wave that is pregnancy <laughs> um, and you know didn't enjoy every minute of it but so enjoyed the fact that I could be pregnant and so welcoming our little baby boy into this world was it's just unlike anything I could ever explain like it just makes me tear up every time I think about it mm. um, but all throughout this this time of being pregnant with Noah I really felt like this wasn't it. Like, you know, some people are called to be moms who stay at home and, you know, raise the little ones. And I just felt like, while I knew I wanted to, you know, be a mom that raised her little one. I wanted something else too. I need, I needed something else. I needed to have a creative outlet because I'm the type of person, if I don't have that, then I'm lazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, all or nothing. Mm. <laughs> um, and so was just really struggling. Do I go back to get a job? Interviewed for a couple that didn't work out. Um, really just didn't know what I was going to do. Had a lot of like self-doubt again until um, Noah was about three months old. 
I got a call from a friend who asked me to design a logo for her. And I asked her what for. I just needed backstory. Okay, I'm going to design you this logo. I, I just kind of need to know what it's for. And she said, yeah. well, I want to open a store. And we were friends. And so I said, okay, I'm like, we need to meet for coffee. Like, <laughs> please yeah. let's meet for coffee because, yes, I'm all for this. And so um, we met for like a three-hour meeting when I think it was October of 2016. And basically we left that with a logo, a name, an idea, like a business plan, basically on what we were going to do. And so Blush opened in December in my basement. Mm -hmm. And it was so funny because in those three months leading up to it, like, or two, what, October, no, I guess that's three months. <laughs> um, like, I can't even tell you what happened in those three months, but it was just a whirlwind of basically setting up a store in my basement and um having people shop in my basement <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and again looking back like knowing god like does things in his timing for his purpose in such a funny way that when you look back you're like there's no other way this could have happened if we hadn't done how we did it the first time um mm -hmm. Because, you know, it took us a year, really almost exactly, of being in the basement to get to the momentum to be brick and mortar. And um, actually about six months after being in the basement, we realized that we had outgrown our space. People were asking for more um, stable or consistent shopping hours and because we were only open on the weekends or we'd travel. We would take our stuff to shows or people's houses and mm -hmm. kind of pop up. And people were like, no, Greeley needs this. Like, open. Please open. Yeah. So I spoke with my business partner. And I said, hey, you know, this is going to sound weird. But, you know, when I was wanting to do this about a year ago, I had looked at this space. I wonder if it's still available. And she said, well, reach out to them. And so I did. And they told me that just a few days before, a restaurant had backed out. And so he said, it's, it's yours if you still want it. Like, we'll meet again and kind of go over um, what you want to do. Because in the meantime, my, you know, I now had a business partner and our look had kind of changed and our plan had kind of changed. Um, but basically was able to get the original space I had always wanted. And it just felt like God had been holding it for us. Mm -hmm. um, in the form of this restaurant that thought they wanted to go in, but then didn't. So um, just kind of cool to see that, like, even though I thought the first time that like things weren't happening and it was failing, it was just not time yet because I needed to have this precious little baby boy. Um, mm. And then by the time we opened, um, so we met with them in June and opened our grand opening for brick and mortar was in December. Um, but my business partner had stepped away. She decided that she just wanted to make clothes. She didn't want to sell them. Selling wasn't her passion, but making them was because she's a really talented seamstress. And she's also a teacher. And so she um, she was just so busy and um, decided that this wasn't her dream after all. But it was like, again, God had known that in order to get this dream back up off the ground, I needed someone to kind of come along with me. and believe with me and dream with me to the point where I could then take it over and mm. and then um open brick and mortar and so blush opened its doors I'm in downtown Greeley on December 10th 2017 a year to the date of when we opened in my basement which was really cool mm, that's super cool yeah so that's that's where I am now. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, there's just so much that I love about your story. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> what a testimony, though, of, gosh, like, a few things. Like, there are a few themes that have kept popping up for me and one is really a theme of community and that's something that I think you do through blush is you create community and mm -hmm. and I can tell why that's so important to you now mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And, and then the other thing is like bringing it back to the self doubt, because I think so often people look and they're like, Oh, you have this beautiful store. You must be so confident. You must, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. you must have never doubted yourself a day in your life. <laughs> it must've been so easy. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> but it is. It's funny because I, I suffer from that same belief about other people. You know, when I look at other people and go, man, they got there because, you know, it was easy or they, they didn't struggle at all. And even though I've, I feel like I have probably the same story, how easy it is for me to forget, you know, that this took blood, sweat and tears and it did for them too. Like right. everybody has doubt. Everybody. Yeah. Totally. I, I, that's a good point, though, too. It is easy. So easy to forget. <laughs> yeah. 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 But there's also really a theme of, I think, giving up control. And kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah. What would you say to that? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's it's one of those things that I always laugh when people say, you have to meet God halfway. Um, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think you have to meet God the whole way, but then also don't be afraid to hand over the reins. Mm-hmm. Um, there, There's no doubt in my mind that this wouldn't have happened, you know, if I had just been like, well, it's too hard. It's... God's not making it easy. Like it's a sign. He doesn't want it to happen. I feel like I fought for it, but I felt like I fought for it in terms of letting his timing happen because I never, I never gave up. I mean, I feel like I did in some cases where I felt like, well, you know, I tried and it didn't work. But when I saw another opportunity, I took it. Because I didn't feel like it was over. And, and I'm so glad I did. I think so often we miss, you know, when it, when a door closes. Or what is it? When a door closes, there's always a window or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. I'm, you know, don't be afraid to take it. Like, even if it's not the way you thought it was going to turn out to be. Because nine times out of ten, it's going to be so much better than, than the original plan you had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for me not that I had to prove that I could do it, but like I said, you don't just meet God halfway. I think you have to meet him the whole way, but then don't be afraid (laughs) to let him take over and even bring you better opportunity. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think that better opportunity is available until we actually give up control. Like, yeah. Surrendering to what is so much Mm -hmm. bigger than us you know I I know for sure I can't think as amazing as (laughs) as God for sure I there's just been so many times where it's like really really I could have never even imagined this but we can't experience that if we're constantly in the fearful trying to control place right Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I really loved what you said about sometimes you have to go backwards. Mm-hmm. I think that is so true. <laughs> and and <laughs> I've been backwards a lot in my life. So yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it brings it back. Well, a few things. I mean, sometimes it's not the right timing, like you said, or we have to maybe learn something else that's going to get us even further in the long run. But also, I think a big, huge part of that is that community that you were talking about earlier. And you talked in your story about the integral pieces of your community and like your dad saying to you, is this your dream and your friend coming to you and how, how huge that is to everything. Oh, I mean, 
we would not be where we are without our community. And I mean that literally because, you know, it takes a community to support you shopping wise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we are for property. Um, but I had, I had so many people and still do, you know, the, the stories, um, you know, starting with my dad and then my husband and then the people helping to come open boxes and my father-in-law hanging shelves with my husband and my mother-in-law coming to vacuum for me, you know, the day before we opened and, um, and then my mom watching my little one while we had open hours. I mean, even till now, like brick and mortar, you know, I have the most amazing manager that I met at pop-up because she believed in it and she wanted to be a part of it. And the people that continue to shop and support, um, and show up for events and, and, you know, then to the voting for, you know, best in Weld County or best of Greeley and, um, who just continue to show up. And that, that to me means more than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, me feeling all the feels. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling them too. <laughs> oh, it's so true, though. Uh, yes, I I'm a huge believer in community and a huge believer in authentic community. Mm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes. I mean, that's how we were created for community. Oh man, yeah. yeah. Yes. Hmm. Well, I think, oh, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, just one of the biggest blessings I think that Blush has done, other than that's become my ministry, I feel is, again, the word community. I have met so many amazing women and and have been able to see them meet other amazing women through Blush. It's kind of been like the community watering well, you know, where people mm-hmm. come to draw you know mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I'm coming to her clothes but I feel like sometimes you leave with a new friend and that has just been awesome to see um I've had so many people tell me like actually one of the girls that works for me she gave me the biggest compliment when she said I feel like blush is like going to your best friend's house <laughs> mm. like literally go and you just want to hang and and no one's going to tell you to leave and you just make yourself at home Mm-hmm. I love that. And you have cookies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Your um, best friend's house with cookies. And... Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I would agree with that. I know my daughter loves going in there too. It's it's oh. a beautiful, amazing place Thank for you. sure. And I I think that the most important thing about it is that you can see your heart behind Mm -hmm. everything and that's really what makes it what it is you know what I mean Mm -hmm. yeah well thank you yes (laughs) yes well I feel like I've kept you on here long enough and I just (laughs) want to keep talking but (laughs) Mm. yeah maybe we'll have to have you back at some point I would love to I would love to be back (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Okay. We will do it sometime here in the future. But before Mm -hmm. we leave, I I have to ask you my two questions. Um, Yes. Yes. So the first one is, is what do you feel has been the most vital to your growth? Mm. Gosh, it's hard to pick just one. So I'm going to sit here and and think for just a few seconds. That's okay. Yeah. For growth. Um, You know, I think for me is the willingness to wake up each morning and say, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, again, you may have to take a step back, but never think for a moment that you can't do it. It may take years and it may, it, it may be drawn out and it may not even end up looking like what you thought it would. But if you continue to wake up and pursue it, it can happen. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, not giving up and allowing myself to see the opportunity and the possibility and going, you know what? 
I'm going to do it because I don't want to wake up one morning and say I didn't do it because I was too scared. Mm-hmm. I think for me that that's been the most vital. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Your mindset being determined mm-hmm. no matter what. Yeah, that's awesome. So second question is what do you want to make sure that people know? Mm-hmm. I think that self-doubt is a tool. It's not a hindrance. I think you can take it and use it to your advantage. And I'm not, I'm not the type of person who, um, (laughs) you know, is fueled by self-pity. That's not me at all. I, I envy those people. Um, because I can really sit in it and wallow in it and, and think, you know, I'm my (laughs) least biggest fan until I'm not. And I think if you take that self doubt and turn it into, but what if, Mm -hmm. but what if I can, Mm -hmm. you can, you can do it. Yeah. And you know, the, the people that have done the biggest things, I mean, we all struggle with self doubt. I mean, I struggle with it daily. You know, you don't ever wake up one morning and go, mm, I've got it figured out. <laughs> <laughs> right. If like, you do, I'm, that's probably a problem, really. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, no one has officially made it. I think that's the biggest thing is, is no one has, you know, reached this point to be like, I figured it all out. And like, I'm never going to doubt myself ever again. Mm. And I think I have gotten to the point where when I th- I'll get a little bit of self-doubt. I almost get excited because that means for me, something big's about to happen. Mm. And I I think, (laughs) because I think, and this is again, the Jesus in me talking. um, I think when we are about to do something big, the enemy will use all his lies attack our spirit he knows that we can be talked out of it and mm-hmm. so when I start to feel those you know my mom calls them barbs or arrows from the enemy I start to think it's because I'm going to do something big and mm-hmm. I want to stick around to see what that looks like <laughs> I love that <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so good (laughs) all right so tell our listeners how they can find you i know i'll have some links in the uh in the uh show notes but tell tell us a little bit about that so my my um personal blog is flourishandhope.com and that's all one word flourishandhope.com and then on facebook too And then Blush is Blush Boutique CO, as in Colorado. And um, we have a website and we're on Facebook. Most of our stuff goes down on Facebook. So Mm -hmm. we do a lot of fun on Facebook. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Because we love our community. Yes, you do. You do um, so much awesome stuff for the community. So if anybody is listening in your local then you definitely have to go and pop in and check out the store for sure. And if you're local, we ship. So make sure you follow us on Facebook just so you can be a part of our community. Awesome. All right. Well, I will have that info for everyone so they can connect to you easily. And thank you so, so, so much for being here. I'm so glad that I have connected with you and I'm a part of your community now. Yes, yes, and I love it. Yes, it's amazing. I can't wait to work (laughs) with you more. So thank you for being here. I really appreciate you. And I think that everyone will just be touched by hearing your story and hearing you be able to speak your truth and your growth. And we just grow from that as well. So thank you. Oh, Sarah, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. And I'm so honored that you asked me to do this. So thank you.
All right. I loved, loved, loved this interview with Emily and can just connect with her on so many different levels. I hope that you can as well. I also value the power of community, belonging, and not giving up. Emily's story is definitely one of encouragement and prompts us all to look at situations in the best light possible. I love it when she said to use self-doubt as a tool instead of a hindrance. And my other favorite part was seeking out where we do belong rather than being defeated or focused on areas that are just not a good fit. So thank you, Emily, for pouring into all of us and sharing your truth. I encourage you to get connected with Emily. You can find her on her personal blog, flourishandhope.com, on Facebook at both Blush Boutique CO and Flourish and Hope, and on Instagram at Blush Boutique CO and at Emily underscore Cassidy. So those links are for you in the show notes. Thank you for joining us on this 22nd episode. Remember, your story makes you who you are. Speak your truth, grow constantly, rise above, and always know that you are not on this journey alone. See you next time.